So welcome everybody to another edition of Beyond the Cover. I am your host, John Robb. I am not joined here by my host, Jeff Ayers. He was busy. Shame on him for missing this fantastic show that we're about to bring to you. Um, we want to remind you all, of course, that all of our shows are brought to you by Kensington Books. So visit kensingtonbooks.com for more information on their stuff. Outstanding show today. Uh, we are able to bring you New York Times bestselling author Craig Johnson, who, of course, is the writer of the Longmire series, which you might have seen on TV and then moved over to Netflix. Uh, his latest book is called Land of Wolves, which will be out shortly. And we are very excited to have Craig join us. So, Craig, thanks so much for coming on. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I've been following Longmire for quite some time, I have to admit. I found the show first before I actually found the books, which is kind of weird seeing as what business I'm in. But, um, <laughs> you know, it happens. So funny, I just laugh like that because, you know, I get a lot of people who approach me and they're like, I'm really sorry I didn't know about your books until I you know, saw the TV show. And I, I'm always like, it's okay, you found me. That's the important part. Like, I mean, yeah. the, the whole thing is, is like yeah, with it streaming, especially on Netflix, you know, 24-7, all six seasons and everything like that. I mean, whenever it started out on basic cable, it was like, I don't know, six, five to six million people a night yeah. would see it. Like, it's very difficult for publishing to kind of, you know, uh, compete, you know, with what it is that Hollywood you know, and television can do like it, and so it's uh, it's been interesting. It's been interesting to see what happened. Like I, the the story that I like to tell is, is I had a uh, we were on tour like that, and I was uh, you know flying out of Billings, Montana. Like that, my wife was with me, and we're on our way up there, and we stopped to get something to eat. And when I'm not wearing a cowboy hat, I'm wearing one of those Absaroka County Sheriff's Department ball caps that we sell, you know, on our website. And uh, mine's kind of weathered down and everything like it. So I had that on. And if you didn't know, there was no 24th County in Wyoming. If you didn't know, there was no such thing as Absaroka County. They look pretty real like it. And so I was writing a check, you know, for lunch. And the woman behind the counter, she goes, where'd you get that hat? And she said it really aggressive like. And I thought, oh, no, she thinks I'm a sheriff's deputy and somebody's dined in ditch. And I'm going to have to go chase somebody down the main street of Red Lodge. And I looked at her and I pointed at my head. And I go, it's not a real county. And she goes, the hell it's not. It's Walt Longmire's County. So I felt like I'd been smacked, you know, and I looked at him. I'm Craig, I'm Craig cool Johnson, you. And, and I go, I'm Craig Johnson, and she goes, so? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm the guy that writes the books, and she goes, what books? You know, and I said, well, the, uh -huh. the TV show uh -huh. is based off of, <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. But, you know, like you said, at least people found you, and it is definitely, and I'm curious, because since there seems to be a lot of people that kind of sell the movies before the books, you you got to kind of tell the story just just real quick before we get into Land of Wolves. How did that kind of happen then? Who kind of discovered your books and then decided to put Longmire on the screen? How, can you give us a little bit about that? I can. Um, there there are a lot of these like you know, these really big um, agencies like out there in Los Angeles that represent you know directors and actors and all these things, and they're they're kind of famous for like you know putting you know packages together is what they do like that. And uh, that was one of the pieces of advice you know that my agent you know and some friends in Hollywood gave me like that very early on. They said don't option your work you know because you know you get somebody to option it, well then it's theirs and then they can do with it what they want. So just kind of hold out and maybe you know they'll come across with a package deal and the nice thing about that is, is that you get to meet you know the people who are you know interested in your work and then you can kind of gauge you know 
whether you really want to work with them or not, you know, because, I mean, mm-hmm. when I was, you know, a cowboy author from a town of 25 in Wyoming, and, you know, I had like seven books under my belt at that point in time, maybe six, I think, like it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have a lot of leverage. It wasn't like I was John Grisham or, you know, Stephen King or something. And so, you know, the only option you got at that point is like making sure you get good people to work with, like it. And, you know, by golly, what happened was is they, they sent one of their agents to New York, and uh, she was in my literary agent's uh, office, like it, and uh, she asked her, she said, we're looking for pieces with really strong characters. She didn't say Western, she didn't say mystery, she didn't say any of those things, just really strong characters, which kind of is a little bit indicative of the way Hollywood works, like for authors that are out there looking to get you know stuff done. Like that, what they're looking for is, is character. That's what they're always looking for. Um, you know, with the maw of, you know, uh, you know, with the, uh, that Hollywood has, like it's going to devour your stories, you know, in a nanosecond, you know, and so what they're going to be left with is a character, and they want those characters to be interesting. Like, and my agent reached around behind her and grabbed out a copy of The Cold Dish, the first Walt Longmire book, and flopped it on the desk between them and said that one. And the woman from CAA, like, who was, you know, looking for the properties, like, I looked at her and said, well, do you have any others? And my agent said, not till you read that one. So I'm not going to be changing agents anytime soon, I can tell you that much. Like, But uh, they're the ones that kind of put the, the the whole package together, you know, with the producers, like, with Warner Brothers and everybody, like that. And uh, and it was nice, like, because I actually got to meet, you know, the producers and talk with them and see why it was that they wanted to make a TV show out of the sheriff of the least populated county and the least populated state in America mm-hmm. and uh, they, they had really good answers for everything and uh, and it was actually a pretty wonderful experience you know for six years I got to admit well I mean the best part about the show I mean of course aside from the characters is the history to understand this is the United States we're talking about this is not some made-up world of you know where someplace else and you see these things and some of the this is right here in the united states where you 99 of the people have no idea that this probably even goes on i think that's the most that was the intriguing part that grabbed me into the show and then you fall in love with the characters of course as they go along but it was like the realization that this is real justice real stuff happening right here in front of us they well, have yeah, no idea about kind of like, you know, anti-CSI, you know, was what yeah, it was. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, you know, I, I ran into DCI investigators here in Wyoming where we have one crime lab. Like, at night, you know, this is when the CSI stuff was really taking off, and I was just thinking mm-hmm. about writing the books. And, uh, you know, I asked him, I said, how long does it take you guys to get DNA evidence? And the one looked at the other and turned around and looked at me and said, no, about nine months. Like, so yeah. I thought, well, that's a little bit different, you know, from what they're you know, portraying in some of these books and television and all of that. I mean, finding what the limitations are, you know, I mean, we have a tendency, I think, in our society and in our culture to, you know, see technology as the be-all, end-all, you know, to be able to solve all of our problems like that. But there's nothing like standing on the side of a highway in Wyoming out in the middle of nowhere with a flat tire and your cell phone in your hand and have absolutely no coverage at all like that. And so, right. you know, it, it kind of reminds you, you know, just how small we are. Like that. And uh, I, I don't know, I, I think in the modern era, you know, it's kind of fun to do that, you know, and especially if you're writing westerns. You know, I mean, I write contemporary westerns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not writing about, you know, Billy the Kid, you know, and Jesse James. You know, I'm talking about Walt right. Longmire. Like, 
Lockett, who's the sheriff of Absaroga County. Like and so, for me, you know, it gives me the opportunity to kind of tackle a lot of like you know really you know topical issues. I mean, specifically, you know, the one that's coming out here in September, Land of Wolves. I mean, wolves are a really really topical issue right now. You know, on both sides of the aisle. Um, and so for me, like it was kind of fun to kind of interweave that, you know, into the storyline. Whereas, you know, the actual title of the book, you know, Land of Wolves, comes from a Basque proverb that a land of strangers is a land of wolves. Like it, and uh, you know, the deeper meaning of it, of course, being that after Walt's experiences in northern Mexico, he kind of comes back a stranger in a strange land, and even worse than that, a stranger to himself. You know, he really doesn't, you know, recognize home you know anymore and uh and so it was it was fun to to play around with a lot of those the those different metaphors and and, and deal with you know topical issues like that that you know that, that a sheriff in wyoming would have to deal with yeah so 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 get a little bit more in depth and in, into into land of wolves i mean so what exactly do you have you know uh what kind of going on with uh in this one well, it's you know it's an investigation like that, and and that's always a little bit of a challenge too. Like that because Walt's not a homicide investigator; he doesn't have the right. luxury of being able to have like you know a, a case file of like one case, like it, and just work on that one. I mean, he's an elected official; he's a sheriff, like it. So at the same time, you know, he's got to provide security for the courts. He's got to provide you know uh, uh, motor vehicular, you know, uh, yeah. uh, you know, law enforcement, everything in the county. I mean, that's kind of why it was that I chose you know a sheriff was because you know he was connected you know, to his community and also the fact that like there were so many things that he had to deal with. And it was interesting because like the majority of the books that I write tend to spring from uh, newspaper articles. You know, I'll be reading a newspaper article and there was a newspaper article about how the majority of um, uh, shepherds, you know, uh, in, you know, up in the Bighorn Mountains, you know, specifically, but all over, you know, in Colorado, Montana, a lot of these places um, were not coming from the Basque regions anymore. They were actually coming from South America. Uh, you know where you know the economics of the situation you know makes it a lot more viable for them to come here and work you know in those very isolated areas you know for four months or so you know with limited contact with other human beings and you know they were talking about something in specific which was called sagebrushed um, which is you know where these individuals are out there so long by themselves that they just you know they kind of start having some you know uh, some psychological you know abnormalities like it and uh, some difficulties like it and that the suicide rate, you know, for some of these, you know, shepherds is, you know, really kind of horrific. And so I thought, okay, well, you know, let's have Walt, you know, have to kind of deal with one of these situations like it. And so, you know, they stumble onto this situation where, you know, there's a dead sheep and, uh, or what we like to refer to here in Wyoming as sheeposide. And, uh, <laughs> and they have to figure out, you know, what it is that's happening. Like, well, the, you know, the game and fish and, you know, everybody determines basically that it's a wolf. You know, they, they think it might be a wolf. They're not sure. There have been wolf sightings in the area and, you know, this might be a wolf. Like, well, then the next thing is they've got to go find this shepherd, like, you know, that's in charge here. And when they get there, of course, they find that he's hung himself. Um, and it seems as though, you know, it's kind of an open-shut case, you know, of, uh, of this sagebrushed, you know, kind of a, a situation where he's, you know, he's committed suicide. But as mm -hmm. things happen, it, it starts getting a little bit more complex, like, for who it is that he's working for and what he's involved with and all of this. And it turns out that it might just be a homicide. Um, 
and so you know one of the overt you know investigations of course is the wolf um, but in many ways he's more of a metaphor you know than, than anything else in the book and in some ways you know there's Walt you know what I and I tend to refer to Walt as you know the one term you know that I've used over and over again is over you know he's overweight overage overly depressed but he <laughs> still gets up in the morning and tries to do the job like that well yep. there's this wolf in the Bighorn Mountains that's you know a little bit older a little bit you know more crippled up you know he's been kicked off from the packs over in the Lamar Valley over in Yellowstone and he's all by himself and doesn't really recognize the terrain that he's in anymore and so it doesn't come as too much of a surprise that maybe Walt has a little bit of empathy uh, for this aged wolf like it and uh, sees him as being you know maybe just a little bit like Walt himself yeah I mean the the, the dynamic that I love to uh, you know is not Walt doesn't only have to face the you know the criminals and the things that goes on but he has to kind of face the justice on the reservation and like you said you know those those kind of competing parts talk a little bit about you know the realism that goes on because i don't think a lot of people actually understand the things that when you you know you're putting walt in these situations of course into real life situations that he has to deal with with the reservation justice and then him being a part of that county but that being like a separate total entity, how is that dynamic, you know, as it goes through the series to continually have to, you know, progress and, and try to get, you know, a little bit, I guess, a little bit more deeper into the, the dynamics of the politics of that? Well, one of the things is is that you know there, there is a tendency to, to to kind of see a simplified view, you know, of the American West, you know, where there there are only so many cultures and societies that you're dealing with. When in all actuality, there are a number of different cultures and societies. I mean, one. <laughs> Excuse me. Ah, let got me a, got a fly in the throat. Yeah, let me start again there. <laughs> It happens. Yeah, one of the things that's kind of interesting is that there are a multitude um, of cultures and societies yeah. on the high plains. Like it, and uh, I mean, obviously, the one that I've mentioned already would be the Basques. You know, I mean, there's yeah. this this group of people like that that are from you know that frontier of the the Spanish you know French border, and you know they you know they, they came over basically like had to take care of sheep. You know, because there's hardly anything that you know cowboys know less about than sheep, and so they found out that there were these people called the Basques. Like it, and so they you know brought them over like it well the basques are an extraordinarily tough and enterprising people like it and so you know it, it may come as a surprise but here in johnson county here in wyoming um some of the biggest ranches that we have you know in the county are actually owned by basque families now and so that's just one facet like it but obviously the the, the two largest facets are of course you know the mainstream white society like it and then of course the indian reservations like it i mean right here where my ranch is you know uh, pressed up hard against the bighorn mountains you know on the montana wyoming border immediately to the north of me are the crow and the northern cheyenne reservations and you know these are incredible people like that i mean for me that's that's the big thing i mean you know trying to be honest about the society and the culture and the the difficulties you know of law enforcement where walt is you know he really doesn't have any jurisdictional applications at all, like on a reservation. I mean, it's a sovereign nation unto itself. You know, it has its own police departments. It has yep. its own, you know, uh, judicial system. It has everything. And Walt has no, uh, you know, no, no power, you know, there at all like that. But, you know, it's the same kind of situation as with myself in that these are my, my friends, my neighbors, and some of them practically family. And so, you know, it would be, excuse the term, criminal, you know, to leave them out of the books. You know, I, I'm whatever. 
whenever I'm reading a contemporary Western and there aren't any Indians in there, I'm like, well, where in the heck is that? You know, because those reservations are pretty much scattered all over the West. And I think you're kind of robbing yourself, you know, when you don't include those people in the books like that. I mean, they're, they're amazingly intricate and interesting people. They really, really are. I mean, you know, one of my you know, hallmarks like that I try and use in the books as much as possible is a lot of humor. You know, I try and put as much humor in the books as I can because I think that that's realistic in the sense that, you know, anybody that's ever had a difficult job knows that, you know, you've got to have a sense of humor or else you're not going to make it, you know. And so right. for me, like that, there's never been a group of individuals that's been more maligned as not having a sense of humor as much as the American Indian. I mean, they're always portrayed as these stoic cigar store, you know, kind of characters. And that's not the Indians I know. The Indians I know work about 17 or 18 different layers of irony <laughs> and if you're not aware of that irony you know you get to be made fun of with that irony like and, and even like down to the point of like i use the term indian you know and i've had people you know confront me with that and say that's not you know the right term and i'm like well you know my northern cheyenne friends if i try and be politically correct and say native american they always look at me and go where were you born and uh, <laughs> I, was, well, I was born in america so, so you would be a native american too then wouldn't you like and so you, you just kind of kind to stay up with these things like it and uh, and that's 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 one of the joys of the books is doing the research you know I mean getting up there on the res and spending time with my friends up there and uh, you know that that's you know I can go down the list of all of the Indian characters in my books and give you, you know, the the human equivalent, you know, of who they are. Like, you know, Marcus Red Thunder is Henry Standing Bear. You know, uh, Mandy Smoker Broadus is Dina Minicamps. You know, I, I can go all the way down the list of all these people that I know. Um, who are characters in my books and and the books and the TV show are extraordinarily popular you know up on the res yeah. which is kind of nice for me to the nice. point where I've got an awful lot of Northern Cheyenne and Crow friends who claim to be in my books that I've never met and so <laughs> I, I, I see that as being flattering I, I see that as a flattering aspect hey at least they read them exactly as they read them that's the product that's great <laughs> and then you know what and they and it not only that not only do they read them but they become so infatuated with the characters that they're now putting themselves in your books. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they relate so well with the characters that they're like, that's me. Absolutely. How would he know me? He's never met me, but, man, he knows me. <laughs> Absolutely. Like it's, uh, <laughs> so I'll take that. I'll take that as a recommendation. Look at him. I'm happy with that. <laughs> you know, the one thing that I, that I think that your series, Lens, would be perfect for would be like a companion book because you're able to then – write a lot of nonfiction things about, okay, this is, this is how it is, blah, 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 blah. And it's like a companion to your stories because the layers that you lay down within your books are, I mean, it's, it's double an onion. I mean, you just keep peeling them and peeling them and peeling them back. Talk a little bit about that. Is that something that you consciously do or does the story just, you know, lend to be just progress that way? No, I think that, you know, any time that you're writing, um, I mean, maybe there was a time like when you you could get away with a lot of stuff, you know, that really wasn't particularly factual. But, you know, nowadays, like, you know, it's too easy to jump on the Internet. It's too easy yep. to grab a book out of the library, like, or find out, you know, what it is that this writer's talking about, whether it is they know what they're talking about. And uh, for me, that's kind of one of the essential processes, you know, is, is doing all that research, like, and trying to make sure that you get as much information in there as possible. And I use a, a method that, 
you know, is not, you know, untoward. I think, you know, uh, Ivan Doig, I think, you know, very famous uh, Montana writer, um, used to say, you know, I do the research, like, yeah, but I don't take notes. Look at, and he said, what I put in my books is, you know, what I remember. Um, you know, because, you know, you, you can load down, you know, readers with, you know, way, way, way too much information like that. But when you stumble onto a little piece of information or something that, you know, maybe doesn't seem to quite fit, you know, with the, the you know, the historical narrative or with the characters or, you know, with the society and the culture and all of that, well, then that's the, what you need to make sure, you know, makes it into the book, okay? Because then you're coming out on, you know, on, 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 on new ice, like that, and that's kind of fun to include for people like that because then they get something that maybe they, you know, didn't count on. Um, the book that's coming out next year, like it is called uh, The Next to Last Stand. And, uh, you know, as you might well, you know, imagine like that I've been reading Custer and Little Bighorn books, you know, till they've like been, you know, floating yeah. out of my ears. Like it, and uh, a lot of it has to do with the painting Cassili Adams did, like at the big, you know, 16 by 9 foot painting that uh, Anheuser-Busch, you know, ended up with, like it made posters of, like it, and sent out to every bar and every saloon in America. And, um you know, basically transformed themselves into the largest brewer um, in the United States, you know, through their advantage of, you know, portraying Custer as, you know, maybe a little bit more of a hero than he actually was. Like, and so, you know, to, to start pulling those threads apart, you know, at the tapestry and to try and, you know, put those things together and try and find um, the stuff that's, you know, maybe a little bit more interesting because it's not known. Um, that's, that's the fun. That's, that's the fun part of the whole process for me. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, 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 it is. It's just, it's just fascinating uh, when you kind of get in there. And, yeah, it is very – I, I got to admit, I mean, I've kind of read some things and kind of went on Google and been like – and then, but the good thing is is that it expands your knowledge and lets you see a lot more of what you were trying to talk about and, and things that you were looking at. And, uh, you know, I've looked at maps and I've looked things up because I want to know where these places are. So I have an idea in my head, you know, what I'm looking at because I've never been there and I probably will never get there. And you're like the portal – for people to kind of go to places that that are actually, you know, like I said, they're in this country, but might never get to. So how does that, you know, do people talk about that to you, like something like that, you know, thanks for putting me into like a place like this that I might never have ever discovered? Well, interestingly enough, like I was just talking with uh, one of the one of the ladies from uh, um, the uh, Wyoming Office of Tourism, and uh, and she was she said, you know why we love your books? And I said, well, no, but I'd be happy to hear. Yeah. And she said, you give real streets, you give real roads, you give real trails, you give everything. She said, even though Durant doesn't exist, even though Absaroka County doesn't exist, you know, everybody knows that it's laid down over top of Johnson County and over top of Buffalo. And so, you know, we can tell people where all of your books take places. Place. They can yeah. actually go to those places. Like, and that's that's part of the fun, I think. Like, and I mean, you know, if you do a good job, and I, I think that's another responsibility that you have is an honesty. I mean, you can't just, you know, make something up and make it so completely unbelievable, either for good or bad. Um, you try and be honest about these places. Like, and that, that kind of rings true with people. Um, and that's that's readers overseas. Like, I mean, the books are, you know, of, of all things, the books are a runaway hit in France, and if somebody would have told me, you know, that you know these books that you're going to write about a Wyoming sheriff are going to be a runaway hit in a foreign country, maybe France wouldn't have been the first guess that I would have. <laughs> I would have guessed. I would with you. <laughs> and, and, and I've asked.
ask, you know, I mean, I'm, well, I've got a really wonderful translator and a really wonderful, um, you know, publisher, like which I think makes a big, big difference. Like, but I've asked, you know, my French translator. I've asked her. I've said, you know, well, why, why did these books take off? Why are they so popular in France? And she's like, it's the characters, it's the people. There's a, a resonance to them that they seem real, like that they seem honest, like it, which is sometimes something that you don't get in either the mystery field or some certainly not sometimes what you get in the Western field. You know, there's a there's a tendency to kind of like you know elevate these characters and make them a little bit you know over the top like it and so you know the fact that in the the Walt you know hurts when he gets up in the morning you know the fact that you know Walt might be a little bit hungover for like you know one rainier beer too many last night you know or that sometimes it takes a little while for Walt to kind of figure these things out you know I mean that's just you know that's just being more honest you know to the to human nature I think and and that's you know, that that's the fun part. Now, do you have any plans on writing a book outside the Longmire series at any point? Um, I'm sure yeah, you get that question asked all the time. Oh, yeah, like that, but that, that's, you know, it's a good question. Like that, and, yeah, the answer is yes. I, I've actually started it. I've got a literary fiction piece that I'm writing. I've got a, a thriller oh. that I'm writing. Like that, I've got a science fiction piece that I'm writing. I mean, I'm a big one where I, I read everything. Like that, and so, you know, I, I probably want to write a little bit of everything, too. Like that, um, you know, but, uh, you know, as far as a series goes and as far as mysteries go, I, I think I stumbled onto something, you know, because people will sometimes say, well, do you want to do another mystery series? And I'm like, no, Walt pretty much does everything that I want him to do. I mean, there's a lot of freedom yeah. there to do, you know, and go in any direction that I want to go in. And that's, that's it's pretty wonderful. Um, now, I know that, and this is, I doubt if it would ever happen, and it, but I know you're good friends, of course, with C.J. Box. Are you, is Joe Pickett and Longmire ever going to meet? Oh, probably not. I, I would think that <laughs> no? with that or... I mean, we both write about Wyoming, like that. But the problem being, of course, like that, is that you know, whenever you, you start thinking about doing something like that, you have to look at it honestly and say to yourself, okay, well, this author, you know, has a a canon of work behind him, like you know, and I've got a canon of work behind me. Yeah. And so they're two very separate realities, like that, and um, and so it would be difficult to try to co-join those. I think that would be one difficulty. And then the other thing is, of course, like that, we're with different publishers, like that, and you know, they're gonna they're gonna argue over like you know how that dollar bill is gonna be ripped in half. Like that, you know, with uh, with the fifty fifty. We'll make it easy, fifty fifty. <laughs> so I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, also I got to admit, like that for me, you know, the writing. You know, you guys have had to talk about it, though. I mean, oh, well, we get a lot of requests. We, I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I'm I, sure. I can't speak for him like that, but yeah, I mean, I mean, when you're kind of predominant in a state, you know, I I kind of have to laugh about it, like because I always wonder, you know, do the San Francisco authors, you know, do they get talked, do they get, you know, jostled with that one? You know, are you guys ever going to write a book together? something but i think you know out here with this broad open space you know and and only a couple of writers like at in our state like you know yeah. get hit with it a little bit more but uh no nah, i i yeah for me the writing is such a personal thing I, I i it would be really weird for me to think of uh teaming up with anybody even for a short story i don't i don't know i don't think i could do it i i don't work and play well with others like i, I recognize <laughs> that with myself and I run with well i mean let's face it i mean so. you and cj are definitely the you know the, the modern western writers right now are going on uh i would say in the united states i mean yeah there's a lot of westerns but but you two i would have to say are like the quintessential crossovers between you know mainstream fiction westerns uh and and you both write about wyoming which i think is fascinating because it is it's one of those states that you just you just forget about and you don't even realize you know they're called the wyoming cowboys because there's a lot of cowboys there i think actually more than in texas 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's it's definitely a part of like who we are and what we are. Um, oh, you guys just beat Missouri in football. No one thought that was happening. <laughs> I know. I think everybody's still walking around on a cloud here. You You're know? like, was, was that preseason? Was that yeah. actually real? Are we really want to know? There's still a lot of season left. I guess. Yeah. I but not that you're not bad. I mean, you had Josh Allen for crying out loud. You had a quarterback, but it was still we like Wyoming's not on the map for stuff we like do. that. Really, like yeah. not in sports. It's always just that outlier kind of state that is just, it's a part of the 50, but it's just kind of there. Oh, yeah, we, we're kind of like an outback is what we are. Like that, I, I always laugh like that because an awful lot of times, you know, the, I'll be doing an interview with somebody, and they'll say, so where exactly is your ranch? And I'll say, you cross Wyoming. Like it, and they'll go, really, what's Montana like this time of year? And I'm like, well, it's north is what it is. Like, to be honest with you, like, you know, they just, uh, I don't know, I, I mean, overseas it's even worse like that because you know, I have to explain, well, it's a state between Colorado and Montana, and, and mm-hmm. it's a blank look, and they're like, really, there's a state there? And, you know, I don't know. To a certain extent, that's kind of one of the beauties of writing about Hilarious. a place is that, you know, that it is, you know, that kind of outback, you know, that it is that kind of frontier, you know, not it only is. just a geographic frontier, but an emotional frontier. I mean, you know, you and I having this wonderful conversation, you know, as I'm sitting here, you know, on the sofa, and, you know, my ranch and you and your studio look at is one thing. And you and I having this same conversation at about 14,000 feet, you know, up in the Bighorn Mountains of Cloud Peak and having a, you know, blistering storm coming in. Well, that's a different conversation altogether like that and so it it kind of makes for you know a, a unique kind of situation you know to to develop you know those environments and have them you know really have an effect on the books yeah well so craig is uh your website craig allen johnson is that the best place for everyone to find all your portals uh where they find out about you Absolutely. Like, you know, we've got everything in the world there, like that, including a contact button where people can write me emails. Um, and I, I have to laugh like that because I'll be sitting here at the ranch, like that, and an email will come in, and it will always start off with whoever it is responsible for answering Mr. Johnson's emails. And I'm always looking at the computer and going, well, that would be me. That would be Mr. Johnson. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, now, do you do a lot of do you do a lot of social media? Do you out there? Do you do a lot of conferences so people can meet you? What do you got going on for this book? That's uh, Land of Wolves out September seventeenth for people. Oh, you know, there's a good buddy of mine, Willie Vlauten, who's a, a writer over in Portland, a magnificent writer. I think his most recent book was uh, Lean on Pete, I think, that came out. It was marvelous. No, wait, no, there was uh, um, Count on Me, like that was another one. Like that. He's just a marvelous writer. Like that. He's pretty insightful. Like and every time I get a book tour, he always looks at me and goes, Craig, man, you tour like a band, man. Like, yeah. so I got I to admit, you know, that, uh, I don't know, Viking Penguin. Fire up kinda, the they're, they're very supportive. Like and they like to get me out there like and this one's like i don't know 24 or 26 uh locations around the you know around the country like it's going to be a blast i mean there's all right. kinds of wild stuff we've actually got one event that's at the uh, the writers guild theater in beverly hills where the cast of the tv show is going to be there and uh you know just marvelous events like it. and I, I actually do enjoy it i mean i think you can tell the difference you know whenever you're at an event and that author doesn't want to be there um that doesn't enjoy it you know and, and it's not untoward you know because I've explained to a number of events, you know, and a number of uh, readers, you know, just because somebody sits in a room, you know, by themselves and types about their imaginary friends, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to have good social skills, you know. So, True. Um, 
it's one of those things where, for me, you know, it's a blast to get out there, you know, and meet the people that are reading the books, like that, and, uh, you know, see what they have to say, like that, and, uh, you know, the Q&A portions are always, you know, a, a fun part for me, like that, but, uh, you know, I, my wife laughs at me, because she says, you know, well, it's because you live in a town of 25, you're just amazed to see all those people, that's what it is, so. <laughs> Hey, you got to send me that thing for the Beverly Hills one, being in L.A., I could probably come out and see that one. Hey, you should. You should. It should be a yeah. blast. It really should be fun. Um, I'll, have to, I'll have to eat. Uh, is it on your website to find out when that is? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Everything's right there. Got any, any information you might need, it'll be on the website. I can guarantee it. Good. So that's going to be coming up soon, then. I'm going to have to... Yeah, that's... yeah, it's coming up. Like, I guess, you know, what we're like about maybe mm, a little less than, you know, a little, uh, little week and a half. Oh, there it is, the 23rd of September. Yeah. Nice. I'll be out oh, okay, there. good. Yeah, WG. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna have to make sure I. I'm gonna have to get over and get that. But yeah, now I see your website. You go to Tour of Duty, and there you go. But yeah, you are definitely hitting some good stuff. You're gonna be all over the place. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and, and it's you know, you were talking about the social media aspect of it too. Like, I mean, that's kind of fun for me too. Like, I had to get on Facebook, I get her Twitter, Instagram, and those things, and mm-hmm. just kind of share a little bit of what Walt's world is like. Um, I had a, I was up in the mountains. Like, I got a little cabin up at the Bighorns. Like, and I stopped and you know, and took a uh, a little thirty second video. Like, I do a, a thirty second video every Sunday. Like, it's like little thirty seconds of Zen. You know, which is just you know some kind of you know area or something like that that you know plays out for about thirty seconds. Like, and I filmed you know. Hunter Creek, I think it was, um, which is a beautiful little, you know, trout stream up there in the Bighorn Mountains. And I think it got, you know, it was something like over 3.4 million responses um, to wow. like that, which is, you know, stunning like that. But, you know, I mean, I don't know, for many ways, sometimes people are looking for something that's not political, that's not religious, that's just something, you know, like, yet different to look at. And, uh, and that kind of gives them an insight into Walt's world just a little bit. And that, for me, is always an opportunity. Well, one thing I can say is you're, you're definitely not a fan of sitting at an airport. You definitely like to lie down. There <laughs> <laughs> must be something about those chairs you just don't you care know, for. If, I, if I'm not reading a book, then I'm, I'm asleep. Like, you know, I mean, if there's a book out there, you know, then I'm reading. Like, but if I'm between books, you know, uh, it's, it's not time. Airport book, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking, hey, you know, store, store up some energy, get those batteries back up to where they need to be. Like, so that when I'm doing that event that night, I can give the people their money's worth. <laughs> well, Craig, we want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been fascinating. Love having you on. Uh, again, congratulations on the book, number 19 in the series. I mean, uh, and we just kind of scratched the surface of everything that was going on, and people got a long way to read. But the book is Land of Wolves, comes out uh, September 17th. So make sure everybody get a copy. And, Craig, thanks for joining us. Absolutely my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. All right. You have a good one. I appreciate it. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.